0: It's time to play like a Jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a Jet, what does that mean?
2: Here they come on third and five, Wilson,
0: boy, somehow escapes, he's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass, Wilson stays in bounds, he's still going, and he's in, touchdown! Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore, the 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown! Two in his buried. That was sauce. score! Swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brace Hall, looking for history. Paul with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen, thank you.
3: From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet one and it's time to take a look at the All-22 from the Jets' victory over the Denver Broncos. The Jets are now 5-2, and two, crazy as that sounds. And so to break down the film with us is the man who does all our film breakdowns on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet, the Thunder from Down Under, Mr. Luke Grant. Luke, what's up, brother?
2: I'm going pretty well, Scott. Uh, huge week coming into Halloween against the Patriots. The Jets are 5-2. and two. Uh, plenty of things to like about the film. I definitely, after the first week, did not think that the Jets defensive play as well as they are. Credit to Seller and Ulbrich. They've really turned this ship around. They're getting great corner play. Uh, the D-line's starting to feed, so I'm excited. This is a game you always worry about. The Patriots have owned us for a number of years now, but looking forward to seeing maybe Zach Wilson have some success after we saw Justin Fields really do a great job against Belichick and Co. on Monday night.
3: Luke, you were on yesterday's show along with Jordan DeLugo of Generation Jag and Believe in Jaguars to talk about James Robinson. And you broke down the All-22 film with him. So let's talk about the players that are already on the Jets, already playing for the Jets, and what you saw on the film from the All-22 of the Jets' victory over the Denver Broncos. And we're going to start on defense, like you said, great corner play. Sauce Gardner winning AFC Defensive Player of the Week DJ Reed played really, really well. He hasn't been getting as much attention because Sauce is getting so much attention. Tell me what you saw from those two guys. And Michael Carter the second too. He played well again. The unsung hero of the cornerback group.
2: You know what, Scott? What I saw was just elite cornerback play. I made a video a couple of weeks ago up on the YouTube channel talking about more posing the question whether the Jets might have the best corner trio in the NFL in the most you know, bias removed type of way I can say it and and being as realistic as I can. I honestly think they're in that conversation and they very may well have the best. Source Gardner has played seven games in in his NFL career and there is nobody on earth who can convince me he's not a top five corner in the league right now. He had three pass breakups again. He's the first player in NFL history to have a pass breakup in his first seven games. He took over the record previously held by Patrick Peterson. He's the only player in the NFL this year to have a pass breakup in every single game. His numbers in man coverage over the last five weeks have resulted in a passer rating against of 19 or below. He's just been phenomenal. But it's the length. You saw him close in zone coverage on the hitch route, the way he was able to go through the back and break that football down. You want to talk about the trust that the defense has in him. That's what stands out the most watching the tape, Scott. When you look at these one-on-one matchups on the outside and the Jets are in a cover one shell. They'll rotate the safety to the other side of the field. And it is source Gardner against Cortland Sutton one-on-one on huge downs that are going to determine the outcome of the match and of the game. And I know, look, people want to say maybe he got lucky with a couple of defensive holdings or DPIs, but these guys were going hand fighting hammer and tong, and he did a fantastic job at the catch point. He broke up three passes. He nearly had an interception. He made 10 tackles as well. He was everywhere as the Jets defensive line bounced the running backs to the outside funneled everything extremely well in zone coverage it was honestly one of the best cornerback performances i've seen in the last four or five years in the nfl not just from a jets corner so sauce Gardner is extremely special you'd love to see what you're you love to see you know what what's there on the film for him but then on the other side of the right cornerback position dj reed had his best game of the season and that's saying a lot because he's played pretty well consistently throughout the the first six or seven games It all started with his hit on Jerry Judy, his ability to diagnose the little bubble screen to get inside of his blocker and just blow it up. I made a joke on Twitter that he actually hit him too hard because it caused an incompletion. It would have been a six-yard loss for the Broncos if he'd caught it. But just great instincts, great understanding in zone coverage, what he has to do, reading his cues. We know that about DJ. He's 25, but he plays like a vet. Uh, playing with Pete Carroll in Seattle is great for any corner. So he was fantastic there. But then there was also a couple of plays back-to-back, Scott. Maybe there was a play in between that I thought really decided this game for the Jets. They went deep to Cortland Sutton over the middle of the field on first down, and DJ did a fantastic job with his lead arm, breaking up the pass, eyes on the football, didn't get caught in that, watching the receiver, getting caught for a DPI. He did a great job. He was so fluid. And then his ability to get up on a bigger guy and break the football up at the catch point was special. And then I think two plays later, it's third and eight, third and nine, something like that. And they throw a little shallow cross to Scotland Sutton, again, a bigger guy than DJ Reed. But DJ did a phenomenal job bringing him down short of the sticks. The Broncos punted from their own 40. The Jets got the ball back, and I believe they kicked a field goal on the back of it and ended up going into the halftime break with the lead. So DJ Reed was just incredibly special. And I think people forget that because of his height, He's a legitimate man corner. He has extremely long arms. If you haven't heard me talk about this before, DJ's got the wingspan of a six foot three athlete, even though he's only five foot nine. That really helps him in both zone coverage with his ability to cover lanes, but also in man coverage at the catch point, like I just talked about on Cortland Sutton. So you really saw the full extent and array of his skill set, which was impressive. And you're right. You know, I love Michael Carter. I come here every week and I talk about him. But again, like DJ Reed, did a great job getting the Jets off the field twice, bringing down corner uh, receivers short of the third down sticks, was tight from uh, his man coverage from the slot. You just you love that trio. That trio is playing just incredible football. They get a really favorable matchup against the Patriots. So I think they're just going to continue their dominance. And that was a really good uh, receiving call they went against, and they just shut them down. Phenomenal from the Jets' corners. We took it all.
1: Download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play
0: like a Jet. Play like a Jet.
3: Luke, early in the season, the linebackers and safeties for the Jets were much maligned, but they've been a lot better. LaMarcus Joyner had an interception in this game. Talk to me about what you saw from the linebackers and the safeties here.
2: It's the elimination of mistakes, Scott, for me that's really impressive. The Jets were getting splash plays from Quincy Williams last year. CJ Mosley was doing the same. They would occasionally get an interception from a safety. We've seen, you know, we had Ashton Davis have one against the, the Colts and things like that. You get these splash plays, but it's the eradication and elimination of these mistakes that has really been the difference for the Jets. They were getting the elite corner play I just talked about earlier in the season. Think about the game that Source Gardner and DJ Reed played against Baltimore, and Baltimore almost hung 30 on the Jets at home. The reason that it's better. The difference for the Jets' defense has been the play of Whitehead and of Joyner. Look, Joyner's interception. The ball was thrown straight to him. Quinton Williams did an incredible job stacking and shedding and getting the hit on the quarterback. But you still have to be in the right play. You still have to catch the football. Gosh, just watch the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Dolphins if you want to see how difficult it is for defensive players to catch. He made the play. He executed. He was in the right spot and he did a great job within the role in the defense. Same with Whitehead. His ability to running lanes and to get downhill and to accelerate quickly, you're starting to see his skill set really fit into what he's been asked to do by Aldrich and Sulla. So it's the fact that, you know, they're not necessarily making enormous plays in this instance. Yes, the interception was big, but it's the fact that they're not making the mistakes and the NFL is based around which team is going to make the mistakes that ends up losing them the football game. That's how nine and of 10 are made. You don't get many ding-dong battles like we saw in the AFC playoffs between the Chiefs and the Bills, and they're just going hammer and tongs playing perfect, exec- perfectly executed football. Get rid of the mistakes. Play fundamentally sound. That's what the Jets' linebackers and safety cores are doing right now.
3: Let's talk about the defensive line, Luke. Quinton Williams didn't have the eye-popping stats that he did the week before, but played very, very well against the Denver Broncos. And we continued to see some of the better defensive line play in the NFL again against the Denver Broncos. Talk to me about what stood out to you when you watched the All-22.
2: It was funny, Scott, because when I was watching it, I actually watched the first 15 minutes again and thought, gee, they're not having a lot of impact or impetus in the passing game. I didn't think the Jets were able to do a great job. They were able to call up the Broncos' were quite a lot of quick passes, and then they started to get quite good protection. But then Quinn and Williams just changed the game again. I already mentioned the LaMarcus joining interception. Why did that occur? Because Quinn and Williams beat his guy one-on-one, got in the quarterback's face, rushed the throw, and it ends up being wide right and Joyner picks off the football. You had a huge play where it ended up being a completion, which sounds funny, but Quinn and Williams made a hit on the quarterback. I'm pretty sure it was a fumble. The ball went flying out of the hand. I'm not even sure if it was coming forward with the football yet. It lands in KJ Hamler's uh, hands and chest running a shallow cross from left to right. But again, he was the guy making the play. And then later in the fourth quarter, not right at the end when Source had the, the pass breakup to seal it, but but just before that, the, the drive previous, the Broncos had a chance on third down to move the football, to keep getting into the Jets' territory, and Quinnen and Williams, again, was the guy who had the big pressure on third down. Time after time this season, when the Jets need to get off the field, it's been Quinn and Williams who's answered the call, and it was that uh, that man again on Sunday. He had five pressures, two QB hits, and had some really nice plays in the run game too. Outside of that, I thought the edge position was a little disappointing. Um, But again, I thought Bryce Huff flashed and it makes it almost inexcusable that the Jets had this guy sitting for the first three games of the season. He has been dynamic. Obviously, it's only in um, obvious passing situations where he's been used as a situational pass rusher, but he's outperformed Jacob Martin for the most part. He's earned his role and it really showed that the Jets made a mistake with the evaluation of his talent. And I thought he showed more than enough last year. He had the big half sack where he beat his man quickly Uh, The left tackle from the right-hand side, he and Carl Lawson met at the quarterback. But it was all because of the impact and the quick win of Bryce Huff. It's only a half sack, but really that was all because of him. So all in all, I thought it was a day, a little like last week, where the coverage kind of dictated the pressure rather than the other way around. It was the secondary play that elevated the defensive line. But you love that yin and yang, that synergy these guys have. There's going to be a week. Maybe it's this week. The the Patriots might have their center out, Andrews. Maybe the Jets offensive, uh, sorry, defensive line eats and it makes Saucer's life easier and D.J. Reed's life easier. So I love those two complementary groups. I thought they were pretty good, but Quinn and Williams was, again, the standout.
3: Luke, offensively, let's talk about the running game first because it's going to be sad to discuss Brees Hall. Let's get it out of the way. He was awesome again in this game before he got hurt. That huge run, he was well on his way to having a monster game. He's going to be almost impossible to replace. Happy to have James Robinson, but Brees Hall was getting better and better and better every week. And we saw it again here against a really good Denver defense, by the way.
2: It is sad to talk about Brees Hall because. He was running away with the rookie of the year. He was running away with touchdowns. And you just hate for the young man and for the Jets football team that that injury occurred. But his ability and explosiveness, we talked about it yesterday in the James Robinson film review, if you haven't listened to that yet. But Brees' explosiveness and his second-level speed is elite. You just don't notice it because he's such a smooth, long strider. When he took that uh, crack toss to the left-hand side of the Jets line, it opened up and he put his foot on the ground. I think ESPN Stats had that as a four-yard after-contact projected run, and Brees Hall took it for 60-plus yards. That kind of sums up his skill set. The Jets are going to miss it. They're going to miss his home run ability. And that's what Robert Sala has always talked about, is that you can't put a price on flipping the field quickly and scoring points in chunks. You don't always want to have methodical 13-play drives. It puts too much pressure on Zach Wilson, on Mike LaFleur, and on the entire offense. The Jets are going to miss it, but Brees looked great. Um, it's just such a shame. It looked like there was a head knock. Maybe he lost some stability and then the knee gets hit and he does the ACL, his season's over. But it did look impressive for him. Uh, Brees lightning was a great call from Iron Eagle, but yeah, disappointing that he's going to be out. Um, And then for Michael Carter, I think, don't underestimate what he did, guys. He came in, um, had some nice carries, vision looked pretty good, had that elusiveness um, in that tight phone booth that I always talk about, and then had the swing pass. I don't think I've ever seen the Jets complete a first in the 25 before, Scott. So many times we've seen teams rip off screens and swing passes for these enormous plays. Michael Carter outpaced the linebacker, makes a guy miss at the second level, gets out of bounds for a 30-yard gain, and the Jets end up scoring points. He's going to have a big role. He's going to have an increased role. And I thought he showed flashes looking really good in both the running and the passing game against the Denver Broncos.
3: Luke, let's discuss the topic that has been a lightning rod so far this season. And that is the play of Zach Wilson. Now, we all know what the strategy has been. The Jets have been running the ball with Brees Hall and letting Zach Wilson more or less be a game manager. But the problem, of course, is that In order to be the game manager, you also have to step up and make plays when plays need to be made, and that's been the issue here with Zach Wilson because he's been one of the weaker quarterbacks so far this season. Now, the question, of course, becomes how much of that is his fault? What is he doing wrong? When I looked at the tape, what I saw was a quarterback who looked very indecisive. He's holding the ball way too long. The stats obviously back that up. He's holding the ball longer than any quarterback in the league. And he missed a lot of easy throws, and that's been one of his toughest things to overcome, not only this season, but last season as well. And so you saw a lot of those weaknesses on tape this past week against the Denver Broncos. Tell me a little bit more about what you saw. Obviously, the offensive line played into this, as well as the play of the receivers. Give me the entire scope of what you saw from Zach Wilson on Sunday against the Broncos.
2: Yeah, this was the first time this season, Scott, that I looked at Zach and really being concerned about his level of play. I think some other people had kind of the cut before the horse and they were getting ahead of themselves when they watched him against the Dolphins and the Steelers. I think this is something I've said on the show before. Zach Wilson's been a product of his environment and the environment had mostly been chaotic and therefore his play reflected that. It started poorly against Denver. He missed two throws on the opening drive. He sailed one like literally 15 yards above Conklin's head. That was a poor throw. He missed a couple of other easy ones. And that's what got me concerned. As for the holding on to the football that you mentioned, I think a little bit of that is misleading. There was a couple of examples in this game where the Jets' pass protection was just, it was absolutely horrendous. Tomlinson and and also Brown barely touched anyone on the left-hand side of the line. Those numbers are going to be skewed a little bit like Fields because you're getting pressured, You roll out, you hold onto the football, you're trying to extend the play, then you throw it away or try and force it to completion. And therefore, you're going to hold the ball for longer because you're playing out of structure. So I think we have to be careful with context when we talk about that kind of statistic. But overall, Zach Wilson was poor. There weren't any splash plays. I think it's been the most concerning concerning thing for me over the last two weeks has been his inability or willingness to push the ball down the field. He actually scrambled right, uh, I want to say midway through the game and I saw a receiver start to break north-south back towards the end zone. I really wanted him to throw it, but instead he put his head down, tried to spin, got kind of whacked out of bounds and didn't quite make the first down. I want to see him pull the trigger. Maybe he needs to throw an interception to kind of get that out of the way and not be overly protective of the football. Again, I think the Jets did not help him very much. I didn't love the play calling. I did not love the protection from Tomlinson or Brown at left tackle, but Zach Wilson needs to be better. And if he plays at that level, the Jets are going to struggle to win games over the next three weeks. They've got New England. They've got Buffalo, the bye, and New England again. If we don't see increased play, he's going to struggle against Bill Belichick. He's going to struggle against McDermott because they're two of the better head coaches and also defensive minds in the NFL. It's going to be a big test. Can he wear more of the pressure put more on his shoulders and stand up we're going to see but overall i didn't love what i saw on tape and as i said to lead off it was probably the most concerning stuff i've seen so far in the 2022 season
3: How concerned were you watching the offensive line after the injury to Elijah Vera Tucker? How much of a difference was there? Obviously, we know Elijah Vera Tucker is the best player on that offensive line. But I know that Lakin Tomlinson had his struggles. Dwayne Brown had his struggles. And obviously, when Cedric Obohe comes in, you've got a different level of play between him and Elijah Vera Tucker. Talk to me about that.
2: I would love to sit here right now, Scott, and tell you that as soon as AVT went out, the Jets O-line just fell apart. Now, the timing might have kind of aligned, and that's fine, but you're right. It was the left side, and I already mentioned it talking out Zach. <laughs> it would have been better if you could just plug another right tackle in and fix the problem. But the problem right now over the last five weeks has been Lakin Tomlinson. There were a couple of snaps where he didn't know the snap count, where he did not move, and Zach Wilson had two guys screaming at him through the B-gap. You cannot have that in good quarterback play. Dwayne Brown had three penalties on the day, and we're talking crushing penalties. Zach passes the ball to Braxton Berrios. It's second and two. He has a false start. It's the uh, second and seven. Then he lets a pressure. Zach Wilson ends up getting sacked, trying to scramble. It's third and eight, and the Jets are off the field. This is the situation because of the play of Dwayne Brown and Tomlinson. So it's a concern for me. I think McGovern's been mostly solid. I've been really happy with his play. Herbig's been almost a non-factor in a good way. You haven't noticed him, which is great. I don't think really AVT was really where the pressure was from that right tackle spot. It was more on the other side. So look, they're running the ball well. This isn't all about being critical of the O-line. They rushed for like 140 yards in the first two and a half quarters. They were, they were doing a decent job. I understand that Zach had a 20-yard scramble. Brees had the 60-yard touchdown. But you still need to do enough to get those plays and to create those opportunities. And they've done a nice job. Let's see if they can really do it to the Patriots because the Patriots have not defended the run well at all. And they struggled on Monday night as well.
3: Luke, when you look at the box score, you're not going to see much from the wide receivers and the tight ends, obviously. And so if you're somebody that wants to maybe get in on the fact that people are going to be lowballing chess receivers and tight ends when it comes to player projections on the daily fantasy matchups, Over at prizepicks.com, you might want to pick one of those guys as one of your players. Remember, at prizepicks.com, you pick two to five players. And if they do better or worse than their prizepicks player projection, you can win up to 10 times the amount of money that you put in. You only play against the player projections, not against anybody else. You can do football, basketball, baseball, hockey, whatever you want. It's all there. Prizepicks.com. Use the promo code PLAJ. For your first deposit, and they will match you up to 100 bucks. So if you put in 100 bucks, they'll match you 100 bucks. Put in 50 bucks, they'll match you 50 bucks. Use the promo code PLAJ over at Prizepicks.com, and you will get your first deposit matched up to 100 bucks. And Luke, like I said, the yardage projections are going to be very low because based on the last couple of weeks, the receivers haven't been doing much. Anything positive you saw on the tape that wouldn't have been reflected in the stat sheet?
2: I'd say Denzel Mims blocking. Look, I've been, I, I was a huge Denzel Mims guy coming out in the 2020 draft, make no mistakes. But I'd almost given up on him and his chance to be effective. He's had a lot of penalties. That's been an issue for him, knowing his spots on the field, his responsibilities with his route running, and then also giving away penalties. There was a flag on an offensive PI that Zach Wilson came out after the game and said it was actually a great block from Denzel. It was a timing issue with the play and getting the ball out. So that wasn't on him. That was a nice play. I actually thought it nearly sprung at the Jets open on the right-hand side of the sideline. But then going back to Brees Hall's long touchdown, the block that really sealed it. There was a lot of good blocking on that play. But Denzel Mims on the safety out in space at the second level, he just absolutely stonewalled him. And that's why Brees Hall was able to motor past the last defender and get in the end zone. I thought he did a nice job because we've seen Corey Davis be an enormous reason and a huge impact on the running game for the Jets with his perimeter blocking. It was great to see Denzel Mims handled that part of the situation and that part of the responsibility. Uh, I thought Braxton Berrios's end arounds were impressive. There's been a lot of talk about they need to get Elijah Moore some design touches to kind of pat him on the back and help him make him feel loved with him coming back this week. That that end or end around should have been a, a negative play. There were four guys unblocked for the Broncos, but it's the punt return ability of Braxton Berrios to put his foot in the ground, make a decisive cut, and then explode out of it and get twenty five yards. You just that shouldn't have been the outcome of that play. And it was the Jets' effectiveness of their uh, wide receivers in the running game, both as ball carriers and blockers, that really stood out as receivers. I thought Garrett Wilson got open a little bit and wasn't found. Some of that was Zach Wilson. Some of that was the offensive line. Corey Davis obviously went out early. Jeff Smith had a drop. Denzel Mims had a drop, but it was poor location from Zach Wilson. There wasn't much to talk about in the receiving game. The tight ends were relatively quiet. I was hoping um, that actually Uzam might have a breakout on the on the box the box score and actually hit uh, maybe a touchdown and, and fifty plus receiving yards. It didn't happen. We'll see if it happens this week. Zach Wilson needs to play better for that to occur. But overall, it was an underwhelming day as receivers. But as blockers and as ball carriers in the running game, I thought there were flashes there on the All-22. And that creativeness is going to be so important when the Jets trying to move the football against these defenses over the next three weeks.
3: Luke, anything else on the All-22 that you noticed that we haven't touched on yet?
2: Hey, it's time to actually be positive about the Jets' coaches. The Jets are the ones that finished halftime well. Um, I've been very critical on the show. This is always kind of how I end the All-22 about how the Jets have handled situational football in the the, uh, the back half of the, the second quarter. They did a great job. They actually won that aspect of the game. They managed to get the big reception to Michael Carter, overcoming a first and 25 on the way. Greg leg hit a huge field goal, kicking to the the bad side of the field with the wind that day um, in, in pretty poor conditions. So, you got good special teams play, which has just been a theme. Brant Boyer is the absolute man. Good special teams play, good situational football, and those two things are going to help the Jets win games because they're not an explosive offense. You need to find ways to be situationally good, to coach well, to be disciplined, and then to have explosives and consistency out of your special teams. The Jets are getting that right now, and long may it continue.
3: Luke Grant, the Thunder from Down Under. Thanks so much for coming on and breaking down the All-22 from the Jets' matchup against the Denver Broncos. The game that made the Jets into a 5-2 football team. Really appreciate it. For those that want to check out all our film reviews over on the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel, you've been doing a great job breaking them down with the All-22. How can they do that? And what are they going to find when they go to our store over at TeePublic.com? That's t-e-e-public.com
2: yeah t public stuff is awesome guys we've got kind of uh, personalized merch something a little bit different from the main stuff main kind of stuff you'll see over on the nfl shops and stuff like that zach says go long range zach the ripper bless you thank you range play like a jet logo merch turn it into t-shirts sweats, hats, phone cases, stickers, anything you want. You can get creative with the designs that we have. So head over to T Public now. There's a great range of uh, of designs. And then across on the YouTube channel, had a really big start to the season, just like the Jets. Uh, this week, you're going to see stuff on uh, the new James Robinson edition. There's going to be breakdowns on Source and on DJ Reed. A look at Zach Wilson and the offense. Um, try and picking apart some of the things we're doing well, not so well, short, digestible videos, and there's going to be plenty more over the last couple of weeks.
3: Make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com playlikeajet a jet. Visit our store, teepublic.com. That's public.com, And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money. Goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us we'd be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcast and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a anatomy of an ad
1: subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect
0: define an opportunity
1: imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now
0: identify a problem
1: creating an audio ad is time-consuming